We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. So, uh, Miriam is out of uh, town this weekend. She is doing the relay race that goes from Calistoga down to Santa Cruz, and she's, you know, doing one leg of it. That's right, on foot. And it is a crazy relay race. Um, I, she's, she claims it's fun. But anyway, so uh, while she's away, I'm going to do uh, the things I enjoy doing, playing video games, drinking, and uh, recording this podcast. So, you know, right now I'm doing two out of the three, so uh, I'm doing all right. So we'll see how this goes. Okay, so, um, you know, I, I try to uh, make a list of all the topics I want to talk about on the podcast, and I made a list last time, and there were still things I missed. I know I've, I've said this before, but I, it amazes me every time, because a list is a simple thing. And really, a list is one thing. It has one sole purpose. It's to remind you of stuff, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I screwed it up. Anyway, so the thing I wanted to... So, uh, if you have not listened to episode 33, uh, which is now two ago from this, um, go back and listen to that. Otherwise, this isn't going to make any sense. So, um, going back to 33, uh, when I was talking about uh, the guy who farted up the entire movie theater after he got some bad venison... Uh, not only just farted at the theater, but, uh, uh, shit in the theater, shit in this girl's apartment, farted up her apartment. Like, it was, the, 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 the fact that that guy never ever in all the farting ever said, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe, maybe we should go, maybe, maybe we should just call off the date. You know, I had the dinner. We have not bought the movie tickets yet. No harm, no foul. I'm just, we're good. We're good. we'll do this again some other night. Nope. And, you know, maybe intestinally he was up for it because he was like, ah, okay, shit in her bathroom. You know, it should be done. It should be good. But you got I mean, guys are just so incredibly dumb. Like, he just doesn't even think, like, she might think this is weird. I'm farting up her apartment. Like, she won't notice, or, you know, I spent half an hour in her toilet. This is not a problem. You know, guys are so dumb. Just, you know, women women notice these things, and they're grossed out by it. So just don't do it. Go do, go do something else. So uh, I got in the mail uh, what, I, what looked just a whole bunch like a, an American Express black uh, application. And... Uh, I was like, wow, they, you know, they really lowered their standards because it used to be that if you wanted an American Express, Express black card, um, it, they, it was special. Like they didn't, you couldn't apply for it. Like they, you had to like prove that you made, you know, several million dollars a year and all this stuff because it does have a, a, a super duper cachet when you walk in and you pay with your black, you know, that really just is a, is a, is a, billboard in your wallet that says, I make a ton of money. So I get this thing in the mail and I'm like, wow, they really are slumming here. And then I opened it up and I'm like, no, no, it's a visa 
black card. And so what they are doing is trying to uh, find all the people who want to pretend like they have a lot of money, which is idiotic, right? Because only the people across the room who happen to see you pull out your credit card are going to think it's an American Express. Express, Boy, I'm having a lot of trouble. American Express Black. Now, look, it's not because I've been drinking. It's tough to say. Oh, well, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but, uh, so the Mater D, he's going to look at it or whoever you're trying to impress. He's going to look at it and be like, Oh, this is a Visa Black. Okay. Now, not only are you not rich, you're an asshole, right? Because I'm trying to fool you into thinking I am rich. I think you are so dumb that you're not going to notice that this is not an American Express Black card. Of course. Genius move. So I got this thing. So, and here's the thing that drives me insane. So they've got, it's got a couple of features uh, that, you know, the whole thing about American Express is uh, businesses like it because there's no uh, spending limit. You can spend as much as you want. And so if you're in a business where, you know, Miriam, she used to uh, book the uh, the national sales meeting for a thousand people. You know, you can't do that with a visa that has a, you know, $2,500 credit limit. I mean, you need, you know, all the money, you know, available to you. And and uh, so anyway, so uh, visa, they, they have that feature in there, but they're going to charge you $500 a year for the card. I am guessing the $500 a year is really an asshole tax. It's really not like, oh, we'll give you the option to have, you know, unlimited credit. No, it's really like, you are an asshole. And we are know that you are so dumb that you're going to apply for this. And, and we know that you are so desperate. Like you, I wonder how much market research they must have done to be like, um, okay, somebody who is desperate to appear rich has some money, not no money, because nobody would believe a man with no money had a black card. So, oh, okay, yeah, you've got some money, but you want to pretend like you have a lot of money. So, well, what's the price point there? What, what you know, what price is a, is a middle-class asshole going to be like, I will pretend to be, no. Uh, and they probably came up, $495. So, needless to say, I did not apply. I just, I, I felt like I needed to put that on the end of that. Uh, by the way, I'm not an asshole. Uh, P.S. That, that speaks a lot for uh, what the listeners of the pod, what I think the listeners of the podcast must think of me. In movie news, so recently I, I've been taking recommendations for older movies to watch. And um, so I watched uh, Diner. And uh, which is a, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a movie from the 80s. It's uh, Paul Reiser and Daniel Stern and uh, Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, that's how you know it's from the 80s. Steve Gutenberg. Like I could say Kevin Bacon. You'd be like, no, okay, Kevin Bacon's still making movies. Hey, you know, it could be anywhere. Gutenberg. He should change his name to Badenberg because it's not Guten anymore. Um, so they're all in it. It's a huge ensemble movie. Great movie for, uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, if you want to play that. Uh, remember Diner, uh, and that movie where he fucks those kids. Can't remember what it's called. Anyway, moving on. Uh, anyway, so I tried to watch Diner, and, um, boy, is it bad. It is super, super bad. Uh, nothing happens. And I'm, I'm okay with a movie where nothing happens, but again, 
all of these guys are assholes. Uh, they're they're I completely unsympathetic. I don't care what. I, at best, I don't care what happens to them. At worst, I hate these guys. So um, okay, tried that. Uh, we tried watching The Shining. And, uh, boy, is that bad. That is super bad. That, that is laugh out loud bad. And it's funny because, like, all the sort of iconic things from it are not really, they're not really used well. Like, you see them in quick flashes when, like, people make references to them. But all in all, you're kind of like, eh, you know, the twin girls, they're just in it for, like, two seconds. And in fact, um, you know, uh, the, with the Simpsons, when they did the shinning, because uh, they didn't want to get sued, as part of uh, one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes, was way better. You know, like they have that whole scene where uh, Homer's writing, and uh, she looks at the manuscript, and it's just perfectly normal, and then the lightning strikes, and then it's scrawled all over the walls, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, or... Something like that. Something, something. Oh, yeah. All work and no play makes Homer something, something. That's what it, that's what's written all over the walls. And it's, and it's a great moment. But then you see that same moment in The Shining and it's just, you know, he's written all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy like 5,000 times on sheets of paper. It's not very scary. It's not very interesting. You're just like, oh, okay. He's having some writer's block. Okay. Sure. And then, of course, the kid, the red round kid in the movie is, you know, he's a kid and whatever, acting's not great. And Shelley Duvall is just strange looking. Uh, but anyway, so sorry if you like The Shining, but boy, it was tough. It was amazing how many people uh, who who saw it, loved it, said I should see it, and boy, is it a bad. Ah, but in good, in good movie news, uh, movies I would recommend, Hot Tub Time Machine great movie now it's it's uh so basically it's uh back to the future but going back to the 80s and it's you know four guys instead of just one um but yeah it's back to the future in the 80s and so uh it's it's kind of making fun of all the 80s movies and then it's also you know kind of like you know it's one of those second chances what would i do if i could do it all over again uh type of movie uh and it's also got a little bit of uh pleasantville mixed in there too because uh chevy chase plays the sort of wacky uh repair hot tub repair man just like don Knotts played the wacky tv repair man anyway uh hi i uh, it, it it does have one joke in it that they do kind of beat to death a little bit, but I don't care. I love it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, go rent a Hot Tub Time Machine. Also, I really enjoyed uh, The Taking of Pelham 123. Um, it's uh, Denzel Washington and John Travolta and um, Louise Guzman. So if you don't like any of those guys, um, that they are pretty much the entire movie. So uh, if, if you object to any of those guys, th- maybe this is not the movie for you. But I really liked it. It's an action-adventure movie uh, about, uh, 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 well, I don't want to tell you. I mean, it, you you, you learn all of it in the first five minutes, but I don't want to tell you. It's, but anyway, it's, um, it's a hostage movie. I'll put it that way. And, and um, uh, so anyway, so I, I enjoyed it uh, and, and found it uh, quite interesting. Oh, and also there is a, a, it's a remake from an older, I think like Steve McQueen movie or something like that. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, I did not go back and watch the original. Um, I think the old technology would bug me. I think that, and that's one of the neat things that they do is they do really try and utilize the newer technology to kind of like bring the movie up to date. 
Oh, in TV news, uh, two sketch shows that are now available on Netflix streaming, uh, The Whitest Kids You Know. Um, I think there's only uh, uh, one season, season four up there right now. Uh, but, you know, it's just straight ahead, simple sketch comedy, very funny. Uh, also, the British uh, Mitchell and Webb look. Uh, very fast paced, very like, you know, set up, punchline, boom, you're in, you're out. Each sketch lasts, I don't know, like 30 seconds, but they'll come back to uh, a premise and then they'll do the premise, you know, several times. And uh, as uh, Jordan, as uh, Jesse Thorne mentioned on The Sound of Young America, a lot of snooker humor, uh, but not so much. It, basically, the whole joke is that the commentators are drunks, so... Uh, also, so anyway, both of those available on uh, Netflix uh, streaming on demand. And oh, um, one thing that I've been really getting into is America's Test Kitchen. Um, it's a, uh, I think it's a PBS series. And basically, what they do is um, they spend a ton of time. Uh, working on a recipe. And so they, you know, they get it in, they, they, they work it through, they, they, you know, try it all different ways. And then when they figure out, you know, the best way to do it, then they present it on the TV show and they say, okay, we've done all this stuff. This is what we like. Uh, and that unfortunately is not on Netflix streaming. And unfortunately, they only have, um, uh, select, episodes available on regular Netflix. Uh, you can buy a lot of the episodes for, uh, I don't know, a couple of bucks on iTunes. Uh, but anyway, America's Test Kitchen. Uh, it's, it, they are doing basically what I was doing, except, you know, with much higher production value. Uh, when I, you know, when I do the chef and the novice, I mean, it is very basic, simple, straight ahead cooking. Like, um, you know, they, they go and they go over all the same things that we go over in Chef and the Novice, you know, resting your meat and um, and getting a nice sear and all this stuff. They, they go through all of that. So one thing that came up uh, last night, uh, Miriam was saying, so, uh, the, so we got on the topic of choking uh, and because we were eating dinner with a group of people and uh, she the, the, the topic came up of uh, of doing the Heimlich. Okay, so first of all, apparently, Mr. Heimlich doesn't want people calling it the Heimlich Maneuver anymore, and I'm not sure why. It makes me think, like, somebody, you know, broke a rib or one time or tried to sue him, and he was like, oh, screw this, just take my name off of it. Uh, But, hey, man, you know, if I invented it, I'd, I'd want my name out there. Yeah, I'm Mr. Heimlich. I'm Mr. Heimlich. I'm Mr. Punch in the gut. I don't know. Uh, anyway, and then so the other thing is, uh, Miriam was saying, uh, uh, she was uh, out of the four of us, the only one to have ever actually performed the Heimlich maneuver on a choking person. Uh, and thank God I've never had to do that. And, but, What's interesting is uh, she said, yeah, you know what, Um, in the movies and everything, when you do it, it's always like this perfectly formed piece of, you know, sausage or whatever comes rocketing out of their mouth as if 
um, it, as if it never passed their teeth in the first place, as if somebody just took a meatball from across the room and, you know, fired it into your, uh, into your throat. And then that's why you're choking on it. She's like, yeah, no, that's not the way it really happens. What really happens is, um, you, you get them and then they, they cough it up and then it's just this whole range of spit them and vomit and chewed up bits of food. Sorry if you're eating. Sorry. I should have, uh, I should have uh, told you that ahead of time. Anyway, so, uh, I was like, yeah, wow, that is really awful. Uh, I'm so glad I've never had to do the Heimlich maneuver, but you know, something I never really thought about. So, uh, I have been listening to a lot of Brody Stevens. Uh, he is a, Peculiar stand-up comedian, uh, doesn't really have jokes as far as I can say. He does, uh, he has, uh, worked predominantly as a, uh, a warm-up guy for TV shows. And so that involves, you know, like going into the crowd and talking to them. You know, if you've never been in an audience for a TV show, you know, they're just trying to get you awake and paying attention and in the mood to have some funny. And so, uh, the reason I bring him up is because I am starting to talk like Brody Stevens. So he's been a guest on a lot of the podcasts we've been seeing lately. He's got a new development deal with uh, HBO and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Uh, we saw him uh, do some at the stuff at the Benson Interruption when we went when we were in Los Angeles, and um, he's got a very. It's it's funny because when we left uh, seeing him on the Interruption, uh, Miriam was like. I don't get it. It's just, he talks funny. Is that it? Is that the, am I missing something? I'm like, no, that's pretty much it. Because it's the whole delivery is Stephen Brody Stevens. And, uh, you know, his whole thing. And the, and the re- reason you know that he's gotten most of his work doing crowd work is because he'll say something like, hey, friend, you know, where are you from? And then they'll say, um, you know, uh, Orange County, Orange County, 818 area code. And then he'll just like start yelling facts about, by the way, I got the area code wrong. I don't care. Uh, facts about where these people are from. And it's really just sort of the cadence of it. Cause I work out, I bench press 250 pounds today. <laughs> At Curves. Uh, Her name was Sheila. She fell off the life cycle. Don't do that to me. Comedy is real. I study this. My parents were divorced, both at the same time. I'm from L.A. 818 till I die. I came here to make it on the internet. And it's kind of like Howie Mandel when he used to do stand-up comedy. I mean, all he used to do it was just wait what wait you know and then that was and he even admits it i heard an interview with him uh it was either howard stern or uh mark maron's podcast where he was like that was it and he, he used to get thrown by the audience laughing and so he was confused as to why they were laughing and he would say wait so anyway, if you hear me sort of with this uh, strange, stilted way of talking, uh, it's because I've been listening to too much Brody Stevens. Now, I don't want to admit Oprah was right, because she wasn't, but I could see how she might think this makes sense. So, a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about the uh, band Planet Janet, and I was saying, oh, you know, I wish I could find them, I can't find them on the web, they must have gone, blah, blah, blah. 
I refund, I, I just had this idea. I was like, what if I change the search a little bit? Because I was basically searching on their name and a name of one of their songs. Because if you just search straight Planet Janet, you get all the Schoolhouse Rock stuff. Apparently, there was another band named Planet Janet, so I did the, the, the band name and a song. Well, I went back, and I have four of their songs. I went back and I picked another one of their songs to search on. And, and I had, by the time I got down to the third song to search on, boom, there it came. And then there was like three different, you know, reviews of their album that were all like, you know, seven years old, eight years old, and a boom. And it's, you know, when, when you believe in the secret, and this is why, um, Oprah thinks the secret is a thing, but it's not. So for those of you who have not read the book, The Secret, it's terrible. It's basically a book that tells you uh, if you just wish for things, you'll get them. And it doesn't matter. Uh, it could be a job. It could be uh, a new bicycle is actually literally, literally, oh, we'll get to that in a second. Literally, one of the things that they say in uh, the book, you know, Bobby just wished for a bicycle and he got it. No, not really. Somebody probably said, what do you want for your birthday? And he, Bobby said, I, I want a bicycle. But it just appears, it just seems like if you just wish for stuff, you get it. This is, boy, is this not the simple tenonist, wait a minute, no, the, the, the act of a simpleton thinking that life works so easily. And so I'm going to, uh, oh, oh, getting back to literally. Um, so my new thing now is I'm going to just start saying figuratively when things are actually figurative. So, uh, you know, wow, that the news was so shocking. Figuratively, my head exploded. Figuratively, I died. Literally, I shit myself. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. And speaking of the news... Uh, uh, Osama bin Laden is dead. Uh, he is dead. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there who don't think he's dead. Really? No, seriously. He's dead. Uh, and if he's, you know, if he's not dead, Osama bin Laden is the first one to tell you he's not dead, right? Even Al-Qaeda is saying he's dead. Trust me, he's dead. Now, I, I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I want to see a picture, I don't need to see a picture of dead Osama bin Laden. What I would enjoy seeing is the video, because I do believe uh, all those guys, you know, it's like aliens. They all have little video cameras strapped to them, so, you know, the remote people can see what's a-doing. I would like to see that, because that would be badass. But, oh, and speaking of Osama bin Laden, I'm not going to get into the politics of it and everything, but what I do have to wonder is, uh, how... How did we not know he was there, right? Like, it's Pakistan. Okay, we thought, I mean, we, we asked uh, the president of Pakistan many years ago, where's Osama bin Laden? Like, we really thought he could be in Pakistan. Now, I realize Pakistan's a big country, but we've had 10 years and tons and tons of satellite photos. You would think at some point somebody would see a satellite photo of this enormous compound. I mean, if you haven't seen the pictures of it, uh, go online, take a look. The compound that he was at is uh, six times the size of anything else anywhere near it. And it's not even that the place itself is big. It's, you know, it's a house. It's a three-story house kind of in the center. And then there's this enormous compound around it of nothing. So, 
you know, this is, uh, and this is sort of getting to today's topic of just think, man, just, just use your head, right? You know, and I know there was a lot of people out there who's like, oh, Osama bin Laden, he's hiding in a cave somewhere. Well, then when there was a, all, a whole bunch of other people who were saying he's having liver failure, he needs, or kidney failure, he needs to be on dialysis, which I don't know if you're really gonna get a dialysis machine into the mountains. But anyway, and I get there's that whole school of thought that's like, well, he wouldn't hide in plain sight, would he? Yes, he would. Yes, apparently he would. And, and, and I think, you know, every once in a while, especially after 10 years, right? Like, I mean, you go looking for your car keys and you spend five minutes looking for car keys. You've exhausted the places that you would expect your car keys to be. And now you need to start looking for your car keys in the place that they might not be. And so you'll broaden your search and you'll start that you'll start you'll look in the freezer for your car keys. You'll go anywhere you can looking for car keys because you need to go somewhere. You need to work. You need to pick up your kids. You need to find your stupid car keys. And you would think after 10 years, we would say, now look, we, we don't have any way of looking inside a mountain. Ooh, maybe we do. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Maybe we do have that technology. You never know, right? Looking inside mountain technology. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, we've, we, we, we can send as many troops into the, into the hills as we want, but chances are we're not going to get anything. We're going to, you know, it's just going to be a lot of footwork. They're just, they're going to have to go find our car keys for us. I can't do anything. But in the meantime, we've just got all these satellites up there and we've got, we've got, come on, we've got pretty good image recognition software right now. We could, we could get it to recognize a building and we could get it to recognize a big building. Now, I understand there's probably, you know, a thousand locations in Pakistan. I know that doesn't sound like very many, but really it's, it's Pakistan. A thousand locations in Pakistan where that fits that bill. Oh, here's an enormous building. Well, I wonder what that is. So then you send over a drone plane with uh, maybe a camera on it and, uh, and it just flies by. And then uh, the guys look at that and they're like, huh, hey, there's a... 18-foot wall around that with barbed wire on the top, and then even walls erected on the third floor of that building so we can't see in. Huh. I wonder what that, uh, I wonder what could be in there, you know? And look, maybe we have to do this for each one of the suspecting countries. So we do it for Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, and maybe another Stanny country. And then, so now we've got 3,000 photos, but really... It wouldn't take long. And, and you know what? Maybe we might wait, find some other things out in the process. Maybe we wouldn't find Osama bin Laden for the first five years. Maybe we'd find a um, really awesome Pakistani to-go restaurant. A really, really successful to-go restaurant. Okay, probably not to-go. It would, Of course, it wouldn't be to-go, because why would you need such a big establishment for to-go food? No, no, it would be a sit. It would be a seat, uh, seated dining experience. Now... Maybe the ambiance would not be what you're looking for. Maybe you're used to something a little more upscale, a little less uh, improvised, explosive device, intensive environment. Sure, wouldn't we all like that? But the is amazing. And the tabbouleh. Get the tabbouleh and the 
to die for. And in fact, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe it'll ruin you for you get anywhere else. Sure, you go down the street, the is, hey, you know, look. And all that whole time, you just be saying to yourself, I wish, I wish I had never found that giant building in Pakistan with the 18-foot fence. Because now I can't eat anywhere else. And how often do you get to Pakistan, right? Two, three times a year? Rest of that time, you're just kicking yourself. You just lead this sad, lonely existence. I tell you, it may not be worth it. But if we find ourselves Osama bin Laden, it might be. Sure, you might lose a taste for your favorite food. But if we get Osama bin Laden, I guarantee you the president will fly you to Pakistan every weekend so you can dine at this awesome place. Okay, so totally worth it. And you just, you, you, I mean, and then once you get your your 3,000 pictures, you can narrow it down pretty quick as to this is not a stronghold. This is just a big hotel. Or this is, oh, look, it's a super secret uh, poison gas operation. Okay, not Osama bin Laden, but we'll mark it on the list. And then, of course, you know, everybody's saying, oh, well, you know, it was right down the street from the Pakistani trading, training grounds, you know, for their military. How did they not get this? No, they, they got it. They knew it. It's fine. I mean, and, and it, everybody knew there was some shenanigans going on there. They did nothing. Yeah, it's fine. He's dead now. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of conspiracy theories, uh, also in the news, um, uh, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, uh, released his full birth certificate. So the Tea Party, quote unquote, birthers, I tell you that Tea Party, man, they get saddled with the worst names, right? They got the Tea Party, the Tea Baggers, the birthers. I mean, there's gotta be some, uh, there's gotta be some scandal about somebody getting crap on their head so they could be like the shitheads. Those Tea Party shitheads, I mean, you know, they, they, there's no way they're going to get out of the bad nickname lottery. Anyway, so they waged this campaign for years. We want to see Obama's birth certificate. Now, think, people. Think, Tea Party people. The dude has applied for passports, for driver's license. I mean, for all these things, I don't know. If, now, you actually, you probably don't need a, a birth certificate for a driver's license, but you need it for, you know, social security card. You need it for lots of things. Do you really think you're going to win this fight? And, 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 and really, the only way to win it is to prove that he is not a U.S. citizen, and and born U.S. citizen because that you you know if you're not if you're not born U.S. citizen then you you know you can't be president. Um, but so what, right? So they get him out of office and you get Joe Biden. All right, uh, what? Just because he's a white guy is that that's good enough? Because we all know he was born here. Is it just that you hate a black president so much? I mean, forget that he's a Democrat. Did you really think you were going to win this fight? And so, when you don't win the fight, doesn't that make you just look like a big bunch of idiots? I mean, Donald Trump, who is who just got on the band, the birther bandwagon, 
uh, said, that is a horrible bandwagon. It's just, uh, uh, you know, hay and uh, people squirting out babies. And, uh, you know, the placentas, uh, it sticks to hay. And, and then, uh, then you're covered in hay. You know, you think tar and feathering is bad for you? Placenta and haying is equally as bad. And I will say, over the years, I have grown accustomed to the smell of tar Placenta, I don't think I've figured out yet. I think it would still make me heave. So, he just got on the placenta bandwagon. No, on the birther bandwagon with sticky placenta and hay. Uh, And then, like, two weeks later, the birth certificate comes out. Now, uh, Donald Trump, you kind of sound like a moron, right? Like, the fact that you would even entertain this. Oh, can we... All right, can somebody please... Uh, invent. I-, I saw something about this. I think it was like on device or Gizmodo, uh, where somebody had invented a way to statically elect electrodes. No, a statically uh, charge. Statically, yeah, statically charge um, uh, e- uh, earbuds, he- headphones. So the cord lays flat on you because. I don't know how many times I've walked past a doorknob and it's ripped the headphones right out of my head. Somebody, please. There's got to be a way to do this, that to, to make it viable to, you know, maybe you could do it with whatever electricity that's in the device you're listening to. There's got to be a way, I implore you people. Look, we've got Osama Bin Laden. We can work now on more important things, like keeping my headphones in my head. So I am a huge James Bond fan. Uh, I wouldn't say huge, but I, I do. I've seen all the movies. I enjoy them all. Uh, oh, that's not true. There's a lot of suck-ass ones in there. I don't enjoy it all. But uh, one thing that has plagued me for years, no, not for years, it was only recently plagued me. Uh, you know, I went through uh, all my whole life not being plagued. Plagued free. And uh, just recently, you know, because uh, I make a martini occasionally, not for myself, for others. And, uh, you know, James Bond's big thing is... Uh, vodka martini shaken not stirred now this is idiotic because when have you ever ever gone anywhere and seen somebody make a martini whether it's in a bar whether it's in a birther bandwagon whether it's in someone's home stir a martini certainly no professional i mean look james bond is going to uh, uh, Monte Carlo. He's going to all the exotic locations in the world. High end, you know, he's fondling Fabergé eggs. Uh, he's going to nice places. No self-respecting bartender, even, even a, even a bartender that has no self-respect would, any bartender would, who stirs a martini is going to get fired instantly. I mean, the, the, the pit boss is just going to walk by, or maybe even the cake boss. Uh, what are you doing there? Oh, that's a terrible, I don't even know what that was. Uh, oh, I know what, exactly what it was. It was a shitty impression. Uh, he's going to see you just giving the martini a little swirl, and he's going to be like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making a martini. He's like, no, you're not. Did you even go to bartending school? Get the fuck out of here. You're fired, you jackass. And here's the thing. You don't even have to have a martini shaker to make, to shake a martini. You can take two pint glasses and kind of cram them together, one on, you know, uh, uh, the opposite directions, make kind of a lava lamp looking thing. 
fill it up with ice, throw in your ingredients, you shake it up, and then you just you just crack it a little bit at the top and then let it pour out so you don't get any of the uh, ice. No, shaken, not stirred is stupid. Now, I don't know. Is this something from the 50s where people used to just stir their martinis? I mean, it almost seems like uh, you have to shake it in order to release the something or others in there to make it a martini. Shaken, not stirred. Bullshit. So, uh, I have been unemployed for a while now, and, uh, it's, I, I have, of course, thinking about, you know, how do we get a job, what to do, all this stuff. Uh, Miriam got a call from somebody last night who was like, oh, I need some tips. I gotta go in for an interview. What should I do? You know, uh, Here's, here's just a, a few quick tips I have about interviewing. Bring with you some paper and a pen and take notes. And uh, that has helped me a lot. And so if you have any questions, write them down. Uh, if they say things about the job that you actually know something about, write that down because when they're done and they're, they're, they're going to look at you like you're going to know something, then you can rattle off all the junk that, you know, they talked about that you know something about. And you can say, oh, well, I was at this job, we did this, and I was at this job, we did that, and all this stuff. Um, also, if uh, you have a big, thick cock, I, I would say don't even wear pants. Just walk in there because, look, everybody responds to a big cock. Now, I don't care if you're a dude or a chick, you gotta, you gotta give it up for the big cock. Now, if you're a chick and you're like, oh, that looks painful, you still, there's, there's gotta be some sort of thing in there that's like, well, a dude with a cock that big has to have the confidence, right? Has to have the swagger. You know, if you got a small cock and you walk in there, uh, you, you might second guess yourself. You might think, well, can I do this job? You know, whereas if you, you got the big cock, you walk in, you're going to say, especially if you're a salesman, hello, that guy could sell me anything because I know he has the confidence. I know he's going to kick ass for this company and everybody responds to the big cock. Now, for you big cock guys, I'm going to say don't go full boner. Right. It's, it's too aggressive. You know, um, maybe if you're, you're in a real power negotiation, you're going to need to like, you know, just really firm up. But for the job interview, just punch yourself in the dick a couple of times. Think about a bra ad you saw once or twice, you know, something hot, but not too hot. Right. Like you don't want to go full babysitter porn you want just just enough to uh to show you mean business and plus here's the other thing if you try to go full boner i know a lot of the big cock guys have trouble getting erections uh so you if if you try if you try and go full boner and you can't do it boy it's it's like you shouldn't even pulled out your dick at all okay so uh, I'll probably have more uh, thoughts about uh, interviewing as this goes on, as, as I continue to be unemployed. But for right now, I think that's good. You've got your, your feet wet, you know, and, and, and then there'll be tips for ladies later. I mean, obviously, I don't have as many because I'm a dude, but uh, I am sure. Oh, uh, shave your bush. That's, that is not actually just um, a good interviewing tip. That's just a good tip overall. I don't care if you're single, 
I don't care if you've been married for 50 years. I don't care if you're 100. Shave your bush. It shows you care. And speaking of thinking about things, uh, that's, that's uh, sort of uh, the topic of today's episode. Uh, this is not going to be one of those evergreen. I mean, this is, this is going to be one of those evergreen episodes. Not particularly funny, uh, hopefully more informative, and, and, and really sort of the, the podcast where you can play this to your kids. And, and, cause you know, those kids, those crazy kids, uh, they don't listen to you, uh, but they will listen to others. So if you can trick them into listening to this podcast, um, and, and then maybe they'll learn something, right? Maybe they'll learn something. Uh, and so uh, we, there's actually been an episode that's, that's fairly similar to this that's uh, in the past catalog as already. Uh, but there were some, uh, some new ideas uh, that I wanted to throw out to you that I had been thinking about. So the, this whole idea is um, just, you know, in, in college, they have this class called critical thinking, it really didn't teach me critical thinking. And really, you know, if I was going to teach that critical thinking class, I could probably have done it in an afternoon. I mean, you know, they, they again, they try to make it into rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's basically you just, just think. Just you, before you take, you know, anything to heart, just really kind of run it through the mill and be like, oh, does that make sense? So one idea that uh, I have been thinking about a lot lately is the uh, is the whole idea that uh, that the next generation of kids they're coming up as pussies and uh, they get you know this is something Adam Carolla rails on all the time and he says uh, oh yeah you know you give a kid a participation trophy and he thinks you know that's the way life is going to be and no no I, I got participation trophies I knew it was lame. I didn't run around being like, oh my God, I'm so awesome. No, it's, it's, it's a participation trophy that they feel like they need to do something. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not so delicate that, uh, I, I don't like, I, I'm not so delicate that I can't stand not to have a shitty piece of plastic. All right. It doesn't mean anything. And, and, and the same thing goes for, uh, I went to the, the doctor recently and, uh, he said, well, what are you doing? Uh, for uh, cardio exercise. And I said, oh, well, you know, I've got this Xbox Connect and it's, you know, it makes you move around a lot and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I find the best cardio is going outside. Yeah, and I thought, fuck yourself because this is something I like. This is something I enjoy. I find running around the block mind-numbing, you know, and, and, and based on what? I, you like going outside. Good for you. That's why it's the best for you. But you can't give me this global sweeping piece of advice just because it's your own fucking preference, jackass. And that is something that bothers me a lot. It's just when people are like, well, you should do this. Why? Because you like it now. Know your audience. And speaking of knowing your audience, I've been, um, like I said, playing a lot of uh, Microsoft Connect. And boy, the, the UI... It's weird. Like I, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but it's it's weird because uh, in playing Connect Sports, they just assume that it was it's just been built for uh, uh, a group of people. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't play video games with my friends that often. Right, they're not coming over all the time. Yes, it's nice to have the option. Oh, great, we had to do some party games, and everybody can join in. 
but uh, most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm going to be playing this by myself. And so there's all these weird things in there where it, it's just it's just like they didn't even consider that, uh, you know, in terms of, oh, let's, you know, see you do this and let's have a replay and all this shit. And it's like, all those replays are pointless when you're by yourself. I mean, are you just so lame that you're just are sitting there watching, masturbating, going, yeah, look at me go, woo, yeah, right on. No, it's stupid. And so you got to know your audience. Just think. Think about what you're doing. Uh, one thing that I've actually tried to do is think and care less about things I have no control over. You know, there are people who are like, you've got to watch this documentary. You've got to see what they're doing. And I'm like, then what? They're gonna, I'm going to see. I'm going to get grossed out by my food. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pissed off about how Goldman Sachs ripped everybody off. Uh-huh. And then what happens? Does anything change? No. I mean, it's not like we're in, um, you know, uh, Tunisia and uh, we all get on Twitter and overthrow the government. I mean, this is America. 300 million people. It's not like, you know, one of them other smaller countries, the side of, side of, size, size of, Rhode, side of Rhode Island on the side. You want a side of Rhode Island with that? As the size of Rhode Island, uh, where you can just easily just be like, "Hey, you want to be president today? Cool. Let's go. Uh, let's go get that guy. We, I want you. You be president. Yeah. So anyway, I've been trying to care less about the things I have no influence over. Now, obviously, that's great in theory, and there's certain things I should be divesting myself of, but. When you think about, you know, all the conspiracy theories that are out there, did we land on the moon? Who cares? Right? Who cares? How does that change my life? Well, the government's lying to you. Yes, the government is lying to me. I know that. Again, how does this change anything that I am doing? I know they're lying to me. Uh, and so what, and, and the, and the, and, and in terms of the landing on the moon argument, I just want to say my favorite argument in favor of, uh, that we did land on the moon, same thing with Osama bin Laden. Um, the Russians were highly competitive with us in terms of the space race at that time. They launched Sputnik and we did this and they did that. If they even had an inkling that we did not land on the moon, they would, they would say it. Oh yeah, you guys did not. Not land on the moon. No. I, I, I'm sorry. It would be, no, you do not land on moon. In Russia, moon lands on you. <laughs> I never get tired of Yakov Smirnov. Never. All right. Even I'm going to go off and do some more thinking. But, and you do thinking too. When everybody says to you, oh, well, it's got to be this and it's obviously that and all this stuff, just take a step back and say, Really? Really? Because that really doesn't make any sense. And don't let people bully you into thinking whatever cockamamie idea that they're thinking. Just be like, hey man, that doesn't sound right. I need to, I need to think about this some more. So, from me, from the music of Bright Brown, let's go put our thinking caps on. And let's do this one more time. Till then! Till then!